It's early okay. spring in Western Canada and producers are starting to put their seed in the ground and winter wheat is starting to come out of dormancy. One of the big concerns we see each year in Southern Alberta, once seed is start to, starts to germinate, uh, is, is wireworms and how it's affecting those germinating seedlings. Some big questions, when can we expect feeding to start? Where's the best place to scout for damage? Are there any other issues that can be mistaken for wireworm or vice versa? And if I do locate damage, what can I do about it? To address these questions, I'm here with Haley Cadden, AAFC Research from Lethbridge, Alberta, who's leading research on wireworms in Southern Alberta. Thanks for joining us, Haley. Thanks for having me, Jeremy. So, wireworm is becoming more and more of a concern and we're hearing more and more about it. Where in Southern Alberta, geographically, or even Alberta-wide, are we, are we seeing some of these issues and hearing about these issues? Okay, yeah, so um, just to get started, wireworm is, is a common name of this insect, but it's actually the larva of a beetle, of the click beetle. So wireworms, the, uh, the larva that lives in the soil for multiple years and chews on the roots of your crops. So in terms of where it is, um, we have multiple species of wireworm in Alberta, and they seem to be damaging crops in a really patchy way. So we, we have reports all across the province, even up in the Peace River, of, of people with wireworm problems, but um, one person may have them and their neighbor may not. So it seems to be quite patchy uh, everywhere. So nailing down exactly where they are geographically is, is still a challenge for us. Is is, is is there certain spots in, in fields where guys have historically had wireworms? Is there certain spots where they should be looking to see if they have wireworms, or is that erratic as well? That seems to be erratic as well. Um, we thought there might be an edge effect, but we haven't seen that just yet. So it seems to be a matter of people uh, knowing their own fields and, and knowing uh, the history of their fields. So what we expect to see in, with wireworm damage is crop thinning or even big dead spots in patches in the field. <clears throat> so uh, I would recommend uh, looking, scouting the fields for such patches and getting to know that over the years. Uh, wireworms will live in the same field for multiple years, so get to know if those patches are consistently there. So this, this kind of ties into some of the research you're working on now um, with, with locating fields in southern Alberta that have wireworm issues in it. Is there, is there anything significant you've seen with some of that research so far? Yeah, we're looking at uh, a bunch of different aspects of wireworms with this project, especially with um, <clears throat> crop rotation. And we're looking at damage uh, on the field level, or sorry, on the field edges versus the middle of the field, and, uh, and what species are prominent. And what we're finding is uh, we have two main species, at least in dryland fields, that we're sampling. And one of them is a smaller species, but it's uh, quite abundant. And then the, the other one is a, a quite a large wireworm. Uh, it's less abundant, but each wireworm would eat more. So that's what we're finding, at least in southern Alberta dryland wheat fields. So it's it's going to make a difference which wireworm you have in your fields? Well, we think so, right? Because each species of insect usually has different behaviors. Uh, they may feed differently on the plants. They may be active at different times. And that's information we're hoping to get out of the study as well. So, so maybe carrying on with that in terms of... of different species and when they might be feeding. Um, is there a certain time that we expect wireworm to start feeding on some of these seedlings? Is there some type of environmental trigger that we can depend on or, or are we unsure at this point? Uh, well, we need to learn a lot more about them. Uh, wireworms will overwinter in the soil nice and deep, um, you know, where they're not going to freeze. 
and then springtime will come and when the soil is uh, warm enough they'll come up to the surface and they're looking for carbon dioxide gas in the soil so they're attracted to anything that produces co2 whether that's a decomposing uh, plant tissue or live growing or especially live growing plants so, so it pardon me so essentially as soon as as soon as germination begins we can expect those those wireworms yeah. to start feeding. Or you could get them before seeding. You can monitor them before seeding by putting bait balls in the ground, which is basically just a little mesh sack of uh, soaked wheat seed that would germinate. Those wheat seed would produce carbon dioxide gas and then uh, would attract any wireworms within about a meter or so. Okay. Is I mean, speaking of, of how deep these wireworms go to avoid freezing in the winter, um, we had pretty significant frost. Uh, this past winter because we didn't have very many Chinooks come in uh, in February. So are we expecting that to maybe impact populations? I, I doubt it because they are quite mobile in the soil, the wireworms. <clears throat> we don't have any research in Alberta for how deep they go, but we know from other species out in Prince Edward Island, they go a meter down, no problem. And uh, I, I bet you they go deeper than that. It's just really hard to research them at that depth in the soil. So. If if I'm a producer and I'm out finding wireworm damage and I'm pulling up uh, newly germinated seedlings and finding wireworms, what do I do with that information moving forward uh, and how do I use it to protect myself moving forward? Yeah, so <clears throat> within season there's nothing you can really do except considering reseeding if, if that's worth it for you. But now that you know you have a wireworm problem, you can consider seed treatments uh, for the next crop years. So right now our only options currently are neonicotinoid seed treatments, uh, but I am hearing that there may be other products coming on the market fairly soon. Yes, that's exciting to hear uh, that there might be some potential solutions um, coming in the future. But thank you so much for this information, Haley. Uh, I appreciate you taking the time to chat with us today. Um, you can find Haley on Twitter at Haley Catton. Um, and look out for more of her research and information on our websites, uh, Alberta Wheat and Alberta Barley webpages. Thanks, Haley.